Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mikey, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Great to talk to you. Good, Ronnie. Good to talk to you, buddy. This is fun. That was, uh, like I said, Brian Gutekunst right there, Mike. And he he also talked about something else yesterday that had really is, is racking my brain, and I, I don't understand how the Packers are allowed to do this or how they plan on enforcing this. Now, it's sort of a two-part thing. One, they said, you're not allowed to report, you in the Packers press pool, are not allowed to report on who's working with the ones and twos in practice, which that that part of it, I, I understand. I don't necessarily like it, but I understand it. It's not that new from things that we've seen before where the Packers will dictate to you guys what you're allowed to report from their practice field. And they, they are within their rights to do that. But the second part of it, it's kind of a blurry line. And I don't, I don't understand how they're, like I said, allowed to do this or how they plan on enforcing it. They want to stop you guys from projecting and speculating on who will start, who will be with the second team, and who will be with the third team once the season starts. To me, that sort of steps over the line of dictating what you can report from their practice and into the territory of really dictating what kind of content you provide on your platform. NFL teams have cut back and cut back and cut back. And as the Internet has grown in transferring audio and then video pictures as well, and then social media the last 11 years between Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, they are more and more protective every year because they know that everyone else is looking at each other's clips. They're spying if they will. You know, I, I remember 15 years ago, uh, they started cutting back on what you could show on TV. So even if Brett Favre made a tremendous throw or Donald Driver made a, you know, bobbling catch, um, that would you could play that at the 10 o'clock news and tease it, and, and you would get to share some of those spectacular things that happened in practice. And frankly, I think that also draws people to say, wow, they got these free practices during training camp. I'd like to come to that. Sure. So you fast forward to a couple of incidents where, you know, one time a Fox News crew was in town, and the PR staff wasn't paying attention to them. They were paying more attention to the local people who already know what the, rule, the new rules were about what you could take pictures of and you can't. And, and then when Farr was doing an interview with them with that night in one of the bumpers, they showed him doing a Statue of Liberty play on network TV. Yeah. And it was a play that McCarthy wanted to run against the Saints that week. And he just flipped. I mean, he flipped. 
So they started cutting back even more as to what you could show for pictures or talk about at practice. And you don't want to affect a game, but this is training camp. And so the other day, everybody's tweeting like, oh, look at this. Billy Turner has moved from his right guard position to right tackle, and even though they signed Rick Wagner from the Lions to take over for Balaga, they got Billy Turner up there. And a few minutes before Wednesday's practice, we were told, hey, check your email. So you open up your phone and you look at it, and they say, yeah, no, till further notice, you cannot tweet anything about death chart positions. In other words, if Jace Sternberger is running with the ones at tight end as opposed to Robert Tanyan, I can't report that on social media. I'm going to say it on the radio. They haven't told me I can't. <laughs> so they, they, you know, we asked Brian Goodikinst about, what, now, is this a Matt LaFleur thing? Or is this a Brian Gutekind's decision on shutting down Twitter from training camp practice? Um, that, that's that's my decision. Um, I think obviously everything we do is in, in concert, but uh, I think you know the changing landscape right now of preseason with uh, no preseason games, no fans at our practices. Uh, as we got into it, it just uh, changed things, and um, you know we obviously you know there are certain restrictions that are always placed on you guys as far as what you can and can't report. And I just thought from a competitive advantage, um, and as we kind of got into the first three days and kind of seeing the landscape of what other teams were doing, the information we were gathering, um, again, uh, without 8,000 people at practice and four preseason games, um, I just thought we were a little bit at a disadvantage and wanted to kind of equal the playing field. Our pro scouts have always followed the kind of the, the local beat reporters and all the teams that they cover. Certainly this year, I think it is more prominent just because there are no preseason games and you have less to go on. Again, how, you know, are we going to make decisions off, off that information? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it's all helpful to us uh, as we go through and we attack the job that we have to do. Again, it's a very temporary thing. This is nothing permanent. It's, uh, it's I think, 10 days we have left before this changes. So, um, again, I think we always try to make the best decisions we can for our football team, and, and that's the reason this decision was made. Mike, he says not doing that would put them at a, at a competitive disadvantage. I've only seen the Packers putting this rule on play, in place, but then again, I, I follow a lot of Packers people on Twitter because of what I, I do for a living and my time spent there in, in Milwaukee in the state of Wisconsin. Are other teams following the Packers' lead or even did this before the Packers and are implementing some of the same rules? Seattle Seahawks are not allowing fans in the stands that's training camp practice, right? Mm-hmm. So John Schneider, the Green Bay native, you know, grew up with the Packers organization, now the GM of the Seahawks, and Pete Carroll, they're streaming their practices on the Internet, Rami. <laughs> to keep fan interest up. So, you know, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. He says it's only going to last 10 days. We'll see. So in the meantime, we do know, and I'm going to talk about it, that Billy Turner moved out from right guard last year, and after Balaga signs with the Chargers, they've been running him at right tackle. And to make things even more interesting, Rick Wagner, the guy they brought up from the Lions who had you know, the knee injury, uh, he had to leave practice early yesterday uh, inside Lambeau Field. And they, went, they won't talk about what the injury was, but he walked in the locker room with a trainer. So Billy Turner was asked, when did they tell him that he would be moved from right guard to right tackle? When did I find out? Honestly, I found out last year when I signed here. You know, when they signed me, they said there's a great chance that you're going to be playing multiple positions, and that's part of the reason that we brought you in. So 
I understood that from day one coming in here that there's an opportunity for me to not only play at right guard, right tackle, but any of those positions on the offensive line, depending on where they see fit and where they need me to play. So, you know, this offseason, talking to Coach Stenovich, Coach LaFleur and everyone, they definitely told me, you know, despite what happens with Brian Belaga, if he gets re-signed or not, there's a possibility that you're going to be playing right tackle. There's a possibility that you're going to be playing right guard again. We just got to kind of see where things work out and how, you know, everything plays plays out into training camp. So, you know, there was no real specific time, but those are conversations that have been had multiple times with the coaching staff and me. That offensive line shuffle, nothing new to the Packers, Mike. I know that when when Mike McCarthy was the head coach, he always wanted his guys to know how to play multiple positions. Sounds like Matt LaFleur is 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 very much the the same way, at least in that regard. Yeah, but they don't have a backup a left tackle because David Bakhtiari left practice was it on Tuesday? So they put in Alex Light, you know, who played right tackle for Balaga and got his lunch handed to him in that regular season game against the 49ers. Bakhtiari had an interesting thing that happened because, you know, you worked with Bakhtiari every week, you know. Yeah, uh, great when he was he on was, the uh, show, he was, the big show in Milwaukee. Yeah, he was a guest with us every week on the big show. Great. And you know guy. what a great interview he was, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he, when he came in as a fourth-round pick and as a kid, you know, from – Colorado and kind of a losing team, but he won this left tackle position in the one-on-ones in training camp this time of the year when Clay Matthews couldn't get around him. You know, he felt that he probably just needed to shut up and be a rookie and let guys like Josh Sitton and T.J. Lang do the talking for the offensive line. Okay, fine. But by about the second or third year, I mean, you'd go and say, say to him, um, hey, what do you think about this or what do you think about that play? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, he just turned into this jerk. So Rob Domofsky was doing a story about Zadarius Smith and talking to him um, like a couple of days before this about, you know, uh, you coming into this team as a team leader and you and Bakhtiari seem to be hitting off because, you know, Bakhtiari was kind of a jerk his first year in. Well, Bakhtiari got wind of that. And so when he started his press conference, and look who they call on first, uh, he, said he had this announcement to the media in his first Zoom press conference. Before you guys ask me questions, I would like for you to answer mine. To any of you who have met me in 2013, I would like you to answer if I was a quote-unquote bit of a dick. Kind of a dick. And if I met you after 2013, same question. We're going to be keeping tally. And uh, yeah, with that, Sarah, I'll leave it to you. All right. Thank you. We'll start with Mike Clemens. Go ahead, Mike. Do you want me to answer that? Yes. It's only fair. Well... Yeah, you were. I mean, you gave really short answers. Later, you explained to us some personal situations as to what was going on. And now you've become one of the best interviews in the league. Kind of pandering around your answer, but okay. <laughs> yeah, <what's up? laughs> so last December and January, the flu bug that went around your locker room and affected 20 players, you, it took Balaga out of the playoff game against the Seahawks. Has that experience been in the back of your mind as you go through this COVID procedure every day? Um, to answer your question, I, I did think about it, and I did wonder if that was COVID, and I have no problem answering that. It was not. Uh, I was able to find evidence on that. Um, <clears throat> the reason why I, I'm not worried about it is because we weren't prepared as we are now. I think the uh, NFL and the NFLPA did a great job designing how we were going to operate football in the 2020 season with the uh, coronavirus. And I think uh, I feel a lot safer. Face masks, face shields, hand sanitizer everywhere. Where the, the awareness and also the, um, the, the protocols and standards that we have even to enter the building. 
pros pro Mike Clemens. There was pandering around <laughs> that answer, but but very very well done, very well disguised pandering around that answer. But you know, I and I'm not trying to compare myself to David Bakhtiari, but I I kind of get that label sometimes too of that guy's a jerk, but really I'm just not that talkative or outgoing of a guy and that that can be misinterpreted. And like you said, Mike, he had things going on in his life that the rest of us don't know about. I think that's that's something that we should all consider when someone is a quote-unquote jerk to you. You don't know what kind of day they're having. You don't know what's going on in their life or why they're acting that way in that moment. Like you said, David Bakhtiari, one of the best interviews in this business. And just from what I know of him, we never know these guys entirely and what they're like behind the scenes. But just a, just a really, really good dude. We got to get to a break. More from Mike Clemens from Packers Camp on the other side of this, including the battle at wide receiver, Rami Makhlouf, in for Bill Michaels right after this on the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network and the Radio.com app. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Is it Arius? They can hear me? Yep. yep. Ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? Is it Arius? Good, Z. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I was just wondering, what did it mean to you to be voted a captain by your teammates last year? And I know that it's not necessarily up to you, but would you like to continue wearing that C on your chest? What type of question is that? <laughs> the Darius Smith in the Zoom press conference with the assembled Green Bay media, including Mike Clemens, our guest here on the Bill Michaels Show, Rami Makhlouf. In for Bill today. Mike, am I crazy? Are these guys a little bit more comfortable in these in this Zoom setting and and, and kind of willing to go after you guys a little bit, but in, in 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 having some fun with it as well? Sure. I mean, last year was a good year. Uh, relationships were built, but that's Zadarius, you know. And he's not a jerk, but he's he's going to open the door. And uh, you know, Green Bay tends to be very conservative, very quiet. You know, you don't celebrate in the end zone, that kind of thing. Well, that all changed last year with end zone celebrations and stuff. That was the Darius Smith going to, to Matt LaFleur and saying, you know, hey, if you want to create excitement in Lambeau Field, you've got to let us make scoreboard material, okay, us doing our, our poses and things like that. If we get a sack, a, a third down conversion, instead of putting up some stupid, you know, music or logo or mascot or something like that, make us be the stars. And so, yeah, they got a little bit more swagger. But, um, you know, you play the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and they just run it down your throat. 220 yards, 42 carries, only eight passes. Raheem Mostert, you know, with the, the leading ball carrier, and he's gashing the outside uh, of, the, of the line. They keep on running off tackle. And you see in the tape, you know, Blake Martinez, who's a good guy, good football player, did everything he could to stay in Green Bay, leading tackler uh, for the last three or four years as a franchise. We're in the old A.J. Hawk number. But why well, he's always trailing behind, particularly in that NFC Championship game. So before he left, Blake said, you know, to me, I, it was my assignment that Kenny Clark or the Smith brothers were going to stunt, they were going to do their thing, and then I'm supposed to fall behind and clean up. So today, Mike Patton was said, hey, Martinez says that he was supposed to sort of play off whatever Kenny Clark or the Smith brothers did. Is that the way you saw it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's not how, I mean, that's his impression of how things, how things ultimately played out. But that's, I mean, that's certainly not how we've 
how we taught it last year or how we've ever taught it uh, in the system. I mean, everybody has has an assignment each play, whether it's a whether it's a you know a gap in the run game or, or whether it's a coverage assignment that they're dropping off of a certain player. Uh, and if it worked out that way, that that's how it played out, and that was his his impression of it. Like I said, that, that's his impression, but it's certainly not. I mean, we're we're very conventional in in in, in how we teach things. No, we're we're te- we're not installing it any different with with Christian. I mean, we're fortunate that we have you know, Kenny, who's a playmaker in, inside, and we and we got um, and we have those guys on the you know Preston and, the, and Z on the outside that are playmakers as well. But certainly, the way our system is built is that the the Mike linebacker is uh, you know a lot of time the the ball will get funneled to him. So uh, if you just look at the tackling numbers the last couple of years, I think it, it bears that out or, or in that system in general. So. No, I mean it's. I know he said what he he said on his way out, but it's that's something that that, that, uh, you know we don't pay much attention to. Mike, I tend to believe the player in this case because what what does he have to to gain or to lose by saying what he said on his way out the door? He 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 has no motive to do anything other than to tell the truth about his experience and and the style of football that they played in when when he was here in Green Bay. Right. And you know, and Zadarius said after the loss in the locker room uh against the 49ers he said we couldn't figure out to make any adjust- we didn't make any adjustments. We couldn't stop what they were doing to us on the edge. And that pointed Mike Pettin. Remember there was a few days there after that yeah. game where people wondered if Pettin was going to be returning with the team. And I think another thing that Matt Lafleur is is on to Pettin about this time is like you didn't play Rashawn Gary enough. You know, that kid should have had more snaps. You know, don't be burning out the veterans, the Smith brothers. That's why we drafted Rashawn Gary. I think you'll see him on the field more this year as well. So that, that seems to be a little bit of a rift between him and LaFleur. We'll see how that develops. Now, in the meantime, you know, a year ago this time, everybody's saying, Rashawn Gary, you think he, that was a good pick? How's he looking in camp and your first-round pick? And they think he's going to be a pro bowler in his rookie season. And I said, I said, everybody, that's not what you're going to be talking about. Once the season starts, you're going to be asking, did the Packers get their $55 million worth in free agency on Preston and Zadarius Smith? Well, the answer to that was yes, because how many key third-down stops did those guys come up with? But at the end of the day, they didn't have a lot of sacks, and also career-wise, they both, none of them really create a lot of forced fumbles. Uh, off of quarterbacks. One or two you know, per year is the average for both those guys when they were with Ravens and the Redskins, respectively. So Mike Smith is a former outside linebacker, Ravens, Jets. That's where he met Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin gave him a chance to segue from being a player to uh, an assistant defensive coach. Mike Smith was asked today, are Preston and Zadarius Smith getting enough quarterback sacks last season heading into this year? You guys know how I feel about the whole sack deal, right? You know, I think Preston had four or whatever, three or four, whatever he did, and, and Z had eight. You know, everybody was concerned about that. You know, so that's where I don't know what happened. A long time ago, somebody, you know, this is probably when they started recording sacks or or some, you know, fans, coaches, whoever it may be, um, defined a, a great pass rusher having a great season um, or effective pass rusher off of sacks. And that's the one of the – I hate to use the word stupid, the stupidest things I've ever seen. You define a great pass rusher, uh, you know, by consistency. You know, I got, you know, somebody came to my office earlier, and I'm sorry I'm kind of worked up on this, but I'm sitting there. We were talking about it, and I said, all right, you take player A, okay? You take player A, and he had 13 sacks. Then you take player – we'll take player Z. We'll take regular season. He had 13 and a half. Who would you say is, is a better rusher? Well, you say they're both pretty consistent. They're probably about the same, okay? So then you take player A that had 57 pressures on the year, then you take 
or 58, don't matter. Then you take player Z that over 100. Now who would you take? And you kind of start thinking about that. Then you throw in, then what's important is you look at the snaps. If, 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 a, if a guy had, you know, where Harold Landry had 670 something, right? And, and Preston had 450, somewhere around there. And, and Harold had a good year. And Chandler Jones had a great year, 600 something. But that's 200 more rushes. So that's why you have to look how they are affecting the quarterback when they're in the game. Are they affecting the quarterback with the with the pressures? The because sacks are important. Don't get me wrong. People think I don't care about sacks. They just can't believe that. That's the only way to be successful because you're going to have a disappointing room. But when you look at the total number of, of pressures, you know his snaps, okay, and then you and you see kind of the the, the pressure percentage. Z led the NFL. You know, Preston wasn't far behind. He's top ten. That that tells you you're affecting the quarterback. Are you affecting the quarterback? Are you getting off the field on third down and getting the ball back into Aaron Rodgers' hands? Or are your linebackers out there for another 200 snaps during the season like those other guys you mentioned? Yeah, Mike, I, I 100% agree with them. It's something I've been screaming for years and into a microphone whenever this comes up. I, like you said, sacks are great. They, it's a loss of yards. It can bring a drive to a screeching halt. But give me a pressure that you know forces the ball out of the quarterback's hands or forces him to make a bad decision that ends up in, in one of your defensive back's hands. Give me that over an actual sack any day of the week. I, th- I think pressures can actually, in, in certain instances, be, be better than a sack. I know that sounds weird to say, but when you look at the domino effect of what a pressure can do to a quarterback, I, I, I 100% agree with him and, and see what he's saying right there. So then Rami, Malafleur, Mike Pettin, they've got this new defensive back coach, Jerry Gray. Uh, first round pick for the Rams in 1985. Kid with swagger, he showed up to the Rams training camp the summer of 85 in a new Porsche that he just bought with his signing bonus. And played for nine years. I had like 27 career interceptions. A reputation is a hard-hitting guy. I talked to Leroy Butler about him the other day. And I asked him today, I said, you know, Coach, I saw you out there the other day working on the vision of these guys, like Jair Alexander, Kevin King. Those guys coming back for a full year together now. Adrian Amos at 27, he's now the veteran of the secondary. He's the old head of the defensive backs. Now that Tremont has moved on and Darnell Savage. So, uh, you know, it looks like a really good group, but at the end of the day, they only, only have one year together as a unit. And he said, yeah, absolutely. He says, I've got to learn more about what these guys know and then fix it. He said he's missing that from the preseason games. Now they have been a lot of picks. Adrian Amos had back-to-back picks off of Aaron Rodgers, And so a kid has, Coach Gray about that today in the presser. You, your guys have picked off a lot of passes from what we've seen this week. I, I don't know what practice you're looking at, <laughs> really. But uh, I think our guys have done a good job of challenging. You know, that, that's the thing that we're trying to do is just go out there and, and just do our job at a high level. You know, I, I, I've been going against Aaron for six years in a row, and I know how good he is. And, and the thing that we're trying to do is that I heard Woodson talk you know, and Charles Woodson, he kind of talked about, you know, if you got great secondary play, you can challenge passes, and that also makes the offense better. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to a level to where if we can compete against the offense on a daily basis, we go out there on Sunday, the game isn't going to be easier, but we're going to have some confidence to go into that game and be good at it. So he it was Jerry oh, Gray, Rami, he was kind of the scapegoat as, you know, Mike Zimmer's defensive coordinator, but defensive back coach. Xavier Rhodes getting old, you know, and Trey Wayne's uh, moving on in free agency. 
Uh, but I like the guy. I, I think he's a fresh voice coming off of Joe Witt and then Jason Simmons, who uh, left for the Panthers in the offseason. I think I like his experience, and I like what, he, what I see in the drills, some of the fundamentals he's working with, even the starting defensive back in the Packers' defense. That is Mike Clemens, our Packers beat reporter, out there in Green Bay with the latest from training camp. Mikey, a real, real pleasure to hear your voice and uh, catch up on the latest in, in the world of the Packers, my friend. Thanks, Ram Dog. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.